0: Well, we're here on a very uh, a special day. We're here to celebrate a, really a confluence of milestones in Grand Canyon National Park history.
1: Imagine standing beneath a canopy of stars so clear it earned cosmic accolades.
0: Today, we celebrate Grand Canyon National Park becoming the next international dark sky park. Woo!
1: For over a century, the Grand Canyon National Park has captivated the globe with its breathtaking views, not just of wildlife and my personal favorite, rocks, lots of rocks, but views of the night sky too.
0: We continue to preserve the aesthetic glory of the night skies. One of the darkest places in the United States where one can see detailed structure of the Milky Way as it scorches across the sky.
1: In 2019, the Grand Canyon was awarded the International Dark Sky Park Designation Award. Today, we'll find out why from a real night sky ranger, Raider Lane, Park Ranger, and Dark Skies Program Manager at Grand Canyon. From the studios of Cincinnati Public Radio, I'm your host, Dean Regas, and this is Looking Up. that takes you deep into the cosmos or just to the telescope in your backyard to learn more about what makes this amazing universe of ours so great. So I have had tons and tons of experiences at the Grand Canyon. It is one of the most amazing parks. The view down is just uh, incredible. It's bigger than you think it would be. It's scary. It's it's impressive. But the part that I'm here to talk about is the stuff that happens after dark. Hi, folks. Would you like to see through a telescope and see yes, Jupiter? Would. We heard you were out here. All right. The whole sky just lights up. Oh, what am I seeing there? So this is Jupiter. Uh, you know, most people come during the daytime. They take their little views. They get in their cars. They drive out. And with all the millions and millions of guests that come to the Grand Canyon, very, very few of them actually ever step foot inside the canyon. And even fewer of them stay to do a nighttime viewing. Oh, dude, you can see the rings! Wow. And that's the part that's really amazing, because once it gets dark, it is really dark. Like you can see the Milky Way. It is incredible. And so they've made this effort here at the Grand Canyon and lots of the parks and lots of places around the United States to try to limit light pollution. The more lights you have, the more lights that you're shining up to illuminate the nighttime, the less starlight that'll shine down. We use so many artificial lights that cities can be seen from space. Light pollution affects the health of people, animals, bugs, birds, and our enjoyment of the night sky. Most people in the United States cannot see the Milky Way. And this is kind of a shame because this is something that we've lost. By 1970, other people had started to take notice that the world skies were not getting any darker, but they were definitely getting brighter. And in 1971, a story in the New York times led with the sentence, the clear dark skies of Arizona, as well as the continuing search for our cosmic beginnings, may be threatened by a new and insidious form of environmental contamination known as light pollution. And so there's groups and organizations around that are working towards this, trying to limit artificial lighting, try to figure out smart lighting, angled lighting, and it's had an impact. Town of Flagstaff, Arizona is a dark sky town. In 1958, Flagstaff passed the world's first dark sky ordinance. It's a city, there's lots of people there, there's lots of businesses there, but they've made an effort to be a dark sky city. And you can see the Milky Way from like downtown Flagstaff. So it can be done. Joe, so we're gonna be talking about the Grand Canyon a lot and things that are going on there. But can it happen where you live? Can you change things where you are?
0: In the city where I live, I can look up into the sky and I can count all the stars there. In fact, that's a question that almost every child has at some point. How many stars are there in the sky? Well, sadly, I know that in the city where I live, the answer is 12. And one of those is probably an airplane.
1: My message to the future? Global light. Is to stop global light pollution. Besides, we don't see no more. stars. There are no stars in the sky. The it's tough, but it doesn't have to be that way. So, Raider, thanks so much for joining me today.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Dean.
1: Oh man, we've had some experiences in the Grand Canyon National Park, haven't we?
0: Indeed we have. We miss you over here. We hope to get you back sooner than later. Ah oh,
1: man, if only I could just live down a Phantom Ranch in the bottom. Oh man, uh, speaking as a uh, you know, Midwesterner who wishes he lived out there, what's what's your path to becoming a park ranger at the Grand Canyon?
0: Well, uh everybody has a slightly different path depending on what branch of park rangerism you 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 go into there's so many benefits to to be an a ranger it doesn't get boring every day there is something new uh, so I'm, a, I'm an education and interpretation ranger i provide public programs to to visitors and inspire them to protect and preserve the park by assisting and connecting them intellectually and emotionally with the park i started here back in 2010 you know i did a an internship while i was in college basically riding around on the shuttle buses helping people with orientation but at the end of that three-month internship they they allowed me to do one geology program i had studied for about three months the the details of grand canyons geology and uh was able to give one 20-minute presentation to a group of visitors. The big day came and there was about eight visitors there, you know, waiting for my talk. And I gave the presentation and it was the highlight of my entire summer. And after I, I gave the presentation, I exhausted myself with my, my passion and knowledge. An elder gentleman sort of came up to me, shuffled up to me with a cane and then he said, uh, yeah, that was all right. And then he walked away and that was all the adulation I needed. Growing up, I moved around a lot and i still move around a lot i think that's something that's true of simply being human in the 21st century at this point point. and i was hooked after that and i came back working seasonally for several years before park finally got annoyed with me and said he's not going anywhere we might as well just give him a permanent job now after studying astronomy and being inspired by it i could be at home wherever i am and watch the Patterns in the sky rise for their seasonal dance over the
1: celestial sphere. I love it. And I mean, so then you progress and start working with the night sky program and the Grand Canyon Star Party. Uh, How did that transition go from uh, geology to astronomy?
0: Well, uh, among all the programs that we give in the park as interpreters, uh, we, we give night sky programs as well. So we give geology programs, history programs, fossil talks, you know, hikes into the canyon, all sorts of talks on all the cultural and natural resources of Grand Canyon. And, and among those is our beautiful Pristine night skies. We've had what's called the Grand Canyon Star Party, that has been an event here for the last 30 plus years. And so every summer I would work that event up, and I sort of just walked around like a fanboy, taking notes, learning all I could. And about six years later, the coordinator moved on, and I slipped into that position.
1: Well, I'm glad you mentioned the Grand Canyon Star Party. That's how we met initially. I was involved with just being one of the speakers uh, every year for a few years. How do you describe that to people, the, the, the scene, the situation every night? It's Because it's eight nights of stargazing, uh, and it's a festival. I mean, what's, kind of describe it uh, to folks that might not have seen it.
0: Well, this is a public star party which means a gathering of astronomers with telescopes set up for the public to look through. And it really does feel like a party. Well, it started back in 1991, and it started in the Yavapai Geology Museum parking lot as a group of four or five astronomers with their telescopes. And it has now grown to be the largest night sky festival in the National Park Service. On the South Rim, everything happens around the Grand Canyon Visitor Center. From 35 to 50 telescopes are set up every night behind the visitor center. You can park in lots one through four or use the village route shuttle bus. The last village bus leaves at 11 o'clock sharp, so don't miss it. It's eight nights, as you say, in June around the new moon, where we celebrate Grand Canyon's pristine night skies with eight special guest speakers who kick off the evening with what we like to call twilight talks. And you'll have any where nowadays between five and seven hundred visitors attending one of these twilight talks. These talks are followed then by an evening of telescope viewing in our back parking lot where we have up to 120 volunteer astronomers from various astronomy associations and organizations uh, who bring their telescope and volunteer their time to show people the wonders of the universe. And, And throughout the evening we'll provide things like a few laser-guided constellation presentations or night sky photography workshops during the day. We have solar telescopes out along the rim viewing the sun. It, it really is just this massive event where, uh, you know, this last year alone we had about 10,000 people over the eight nights uh, coming out to just be inspired by the pristine natural darkness of the canyons. It is one of my favorite events of the year, and you you get just these fantastic presentations and so we're very grateful for you choosing grand canyon as your your event
1: that's awesome
0: that's pretty cool wow
1: i'm that's nice so i think so too awesome. thank you so thank much you. yeah oh, is fantastic Really made my evening. Oh man, it's it is uh, my favorite one because of I mean just the sheer numbers of people. I mean you're talking about talking to eight people for geology. See, you've you've moved up to really you know the big time, man. I mean a thousand people a night. Uh, it, it is a, it is quite the scene. And um, it, yeah, I've told this story so many times, but uh, you know, being at the Grand Canyon and showing people views through telescopes, I had so many people that say that that seeing the night sky was their best part of their trip, and I'm like, you know, did you see the Grand Canyon? Like, you know, daytime, it's it's pretty amazing. And they say, no, yeah, the night sky is better than the Grand Canyon. I, have you heard that?
0: <laughs> I have heard that, and I try not to play favorites when it comes to the amazing resources of the Grand Canyon. Uh, you know, I always like to say, I mean, there's really no place else on nocturnal Earth where you can stand between as much deep time revealed beneath you in stone and above you in star, and have these incredible experiences that really approach the numinous and and the spiritual. We have people who cry um, at our telescopes, who just gasp, ooh and awe" at the immensity of the constellations and the celestial phenomena you can see at a dark sky site like this. Oh my God, the Jupiter? That's Jupiter. Through my time in the National Park Service, educating people about the natural world and the cultural resources here. The night skies is truly unique when it comes to just how wowed and mesmerized people are by it. And I think that is in part due to the fact that, you know, statistically speaking, 80% of people in the United States today can't see uh, the Milky Way from their home due to excess light pollution. And so it's it's becoming uh, an increasingly rare resource.
1: Luckily, we can all do something about light pollution. It's a choice we make. Well, and Grand Canyon made a pretty significant effort to become darker. And I know you've been a huge part of that. Like, what are some of the efforts that, that you've seen over the last few years to kind of even reduce the light pollution in Grand Canyon?
0: Well, you're right. We, we became an international dark sky park in 2019 and that was certified uh, to us by what's known as Dark Sky International uh, because we demonstrated uh, a commitment to retrofitting all the lights I- in the park as well as demonstrated our commitment to outreach programs. Uh, back in 2013, we, we inventoried all the lights in the park and there was an astonishing 5,094 exterior lights. Uh, so in terms of scale, Our retrofit process to become an international dark sky park has really been unprecedented when it comes to any big national park. And so we've to date have retrofit nearly 90% of those 5,094 lights to be dark-sky friendly.
1: We were looking at fixtures that would be fully shielded and in all cases a, a fully shielded fixture is one that the light bulb is tucked up into the shade and the light is directed downward.
0: That's thousands of exterior light fixtures. And then we've also boosted our outreach programming by leaps and bounds, not only doing the Grand Canyon Star Party, but uh, doing things like the Astronomer Residence Program, of which you are uh, an alumni, and we are well on our way to becoming 100% compliant within the next few years. That is to say, having every single light in the park being night sky friendly.
1: Yeah, I've only been a uh, passing visitor, staying about a month in a, a stint in a few weeks, and it just—it's a—it's a magical place to live. There must be incredible, and and I think it's probably inspired you in some other ways. You're also uh, not only a park ranger, but an award-winning filmmaker. There's a few pieces out there that are just really moving. Can you talk a little bit about those, and uh, you know how it kind of came to be, and these kind of installations that turned into these amazing videos?
0: So what you're referring to as the Night Spoken series, which...
1: Hello, are we recording now?
0: Oh, okay. All right. Is it recording now? Oh, it is recording. I see it spinning. I created a series of videos that were based off of these pop-up installations where they're designed for people to sort of just wander into.
1: We can see a beautiful star out there in the sky at night. It's a lot of stars, really beautiful. I just saw uh, some kind of fireball coming down. It was really far.
0: They sort of wander upon some creative installation that poses a certain question and they are asked to respond to the question if they like. There's no pressure to, of course. Uh, I created a series of of three main videos uh, and each one asks a different question about the night sky and and collects the responses in some clever way. The first one called Night Spoken collects the responses from visitors through a, a vintage Cassette recorder.
1: Hello. Hello. What's up, guys? como Hello everybody, and welcome back to my show. Hey. Oh. Welcome Grand Canyon. To Hello everybody.
0: You know, poses the question, oh, you've been sent back from the future. It's 2218 and you can no longer see the night skies anymore. Uh, because of light pollution, but you know, look up and send a message back to your future people about what it is they're missing. You know, the second one we did down at Phantom Ranch called Night Visions, we set up a wildlife camera. You know, mind blowing.
1: Part of the great mystery.
0: I can't help but think of myself as a tiny speck of
1: sand in this glorious universe.
0: And invited people to come up to this vacant campground and ask the question: If this was the last night in a thousand years that you could see the stars how would you want to remember them? A lot of people get really intimidated by the amount of stars in the sky. mind-boggling. It makes them feel really small.
1: a speck. And they're hard to understand. So much unknown. The next question I prefer
0: uh, not to think about it. It makes me too sad. Uh, the third one, by consensus, uh, seems to be the most emotional one, titled Night Requiem, where we set out an old rotary phone in the telescope lot during Grand Canyon Star Party. and asked people to dial uh, a number we gave them and leave a message uh, for a loved one who had passed away. Message 13, received Wednesday at eleven nineteen p.m. Hi, uh, a little weird, but I just want you to know that I miss you a lot and that, that mom misses you too. And, and the premise being that a lot of cultures believe that when, when their loved ones pass away, they become stars. Dear visitor, many cultures believe when their loved ones pass away, they become stars. They
1: become stars. Look up and pick out a special star in the sky. When you hear the beep, speak to someone who you love who has passed away. Who has passed away. What do you feel looking up at them? What do you want to say to them?
0: As you can imagine that uh, that, elicited some fairly emotional responses. Hey mom, I don't know whether you ever knew this or not, but you're the one that taught me how to love nature. And every day when I'm out there and I share it with other folks, you're the one that I think of. It was a very difficult one for me personally to, to make, having to listen to them over and over again.
1: I feel like the
0: stars are looking back at us from all our old ancestors, saying hello and it feels very magical Bye. Uh, but i think it was worth it to give us all a sense of the immense culture that is at stake when it comes to blotting out the night skies if spiritually our our ancestors are in the stars themselves then hopefully we would have you know the the mind to want to preserve the night skies in its most pristine form so that we can see them and continue to talk with end of
1: mailbox yeah i'm just i'm blown away by what the the visitor responses are to these programs and we hope to see everybody at the next grand canyon star party which i think is if i'm not mistaken june 1st through 8th 2024 does that sound right correct uh and i could come (laughs) <laughs>
0: yes, we, we expect you to come.
1: Okay, good. Because it's on my calendar. So yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> we,
0: we will be disappointed if you don't. Yes. All right.
1: Well, Raider, this has been so great talking with you today. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks for all you do at the Grand Canyon.
0: Likewise, Dean. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: Half the park is after dark. That is the National Park's new motto to encourage you to come and experience the nighttime sky. And so what can you do? Well, here's your homework assignment. Number one, come with me to the Grand Canyon next time I visit. It's going to be awesome. I'll show you around. It's really cool. Or go to any of the other national parks that are out there. There's lots of dark sky parks. There's also those maps. Maybe you've seen those on the internet, The you know this what the United States looks like at night. I can see satellite pictures looking down at uh, the globe, and you can see the lights of the cities. So one thing I like to do is like look at that map and see where there aren't any lights, and experience that. Now there's only one downside to that, and this is what I experienced coming back to Cincinnati. After being at the Grand Canyon for weeks and seeing a dark sky, then you come back and you're like, man I'm missing something. So that means the other part of your homework assignment is to look at your own situation, look at your own house, see if there's some things you can do to minimize your light footprint that's out there. Uh, There's a great website to to find out some more tips on yourself called darksky.org. And you can find out all sorts of tips from the experts. There's ways that you can do this. And seeing the night sky is just incredible. Just think about going outside and seeing the Milky Way from your own house. We can do this. We can definitely do this. So that's your homework assignment. Get to a dark sky or create some dark skies yourself. Looking Up with Dean Regas is a production of Cincinnati Public Radio. Ella Rowan is our show producer and the clumsiest hiker out there. I find that hard to believe. Marshall Verbsky assists with audio production and campfire ignition, but he also keeps the light pollution down to a minimum. He does a good job. Thanks, Marshall. Our theme song is Possible Light.